Welcome to the weekend wrap up. This is Zoe, the intern here at KLRC. Maybe you're like me and you don't catch everything on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. I'm sharing highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Middays with Isaac and Robert, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. This week has been a week of prayer and meditation as we grieve the losses from the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. It is hard to find hope in these dark times. It is heartbreaking. Emotions are high and people are wondering, how could this happen? And how do we move forward? How can we make this world better and safer is a question on everyone's mind. Christy shares something that gave her hope coming out of this tragedy, and it came from the governor of Tennessee. So, Mark, you know the um, the Nashville mm-hmm. shooting that occurred and just yeah. such a, a tragic situation, and definitely our hearts just go out to the families. And um, every day I think about that incident. I yeah, just, and it's all, I mean, obviously it's all over the headlines, but it just, you see pictures, you hear more stories, and you're oof. Yeah, and um, and one thing that sticks out to me, though, that really kind of just, I don't know, I'm just so grateful for this. So the governor of Tennessee, his name's Bill Lee, Governor Bill Lee, he made this statement in an article I was reading yesterday, and I was just like, okay, this is what, in my opinion, like a true, just godly leader would look like, and this is what he said. He said, there is hope in the midst of great tragedy because God is a redeemer. This is what the the governor is saying. He said, what is meant for evil can be turned for good. May we grieve in the days ahead, but not without hope. May we also act with wisdom, discernment, and grace. And may we love, especially those who have lost. Wow. And I just thought, thank you. Yeah. I mean, just what an awesome just moment to me for the state of Tennessee to have your governor stand up and talk like that to Mm -hmm. say there is hope in the midst of a great tragedy because God is a redeemer and uh, I'm just grateful for that and so I just want to share that because this guy truly is making a positive difference in his state Mm -hmm. and in his community and you know um, I think so often we get as a culture and a country so far over here that we leave God out and then we have these tragic moments happen and then God has this opportunity because we're actually in this humble right and we're like oh wait a minute no we need place you. yeah we're like oh God we need you and, and just to recognize that and honor that I, I just really appreciated that about Governor that. Bill That's Lee pretty impressive so yeah to see the strength in the Tennessee leader, that kind of courage and boldness to declare God's presence in this tragedy, gave me hope too. Another thing which can give us hope is knowing Jesus is already victorious over every obstacle in this world. Here's a caller who shared her own words of encouragement. This is Kirsten, and I'm one of your devoted listeners, right? can't make it to work without worshiping with y'all. Wow. Oh, well, we're so grateful so to have you listening. Thank yeah, you. thank you, Kirsten. That's awesome. Yeah, I love you guys so much. Hey, I wanted to give you an encouraging word this morning. Okay. Because I struggle I daily with being content where I'm at, not trying to fix tomorrow or worry about tomorrow, but staying in the moment in today. Mm-hmm. And so for me... It helps when I think that 
already overcome, that the victory has already been won. So when I'm praying and speaking out loud scripture, I find scripture that says he is the overcomer or he has already overcome. So I put the word already in front of what I'm speaking out loud to my Heavenly Father. You have already healed me. I am already a daughter of the King. I have been made healed. I just, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. so good. I, I speak out loud that I am already, or he has, Christ has already. And so when you do already, that means that he has already done it. And because yeah. the three of us already know he already has done it, that helps me take the next step forward into literally being content in the moment where I'm at, not worrying about tomorrow, because it means I already am victorious, because mm-hmm. wow. he has already done it for me. That is so, so good. That's a great... I, I, I'm going to start reminder. doing that. No, yeah. I appreciate that, Kirsten. Yeah, that's why I was calling... I'm so glad you did. So next week, we are sharing some brand new songs just in time for Easter. And there's a new one from Shane and Shane called Already One. And it's exactly that. It's like what he's already done. So I'm so glad you reminded us of that truth. And hopefully that song will remind us again next week because you're spot on. That's exactly right. Jesus is victorious. He has already saved us, healed us, redeemed us, claimed us as his beloved. He is victorious. That is what Chaplain Justin talks about with Mark and Christy, how to live in this victory. Chaplain Justin joining us this morning. Okay, Justin, I've got a question for you. Okay. So, you know, in light of everything going on just in the U.S., we've had a lot of tragic, you know, events mm, yeah, take place. Yeah. And then also, I think just as believers, we struggle a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. We get caught in, it could be either depression, anxiety, and some form of a rut could be habitual sin. Mm -hmm. And we just keep fighting. We just kind of feel like, oh, I wish I could get this. And, And so I just wanted to talk to you about living in victory, yeah, like today, and what that would actually look like. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love that. Because it's, when it comes down to it, it's like, I have this next moment I have today, you know? And so God, uh, you know, what are we going to do with this day? You know, when it really Mm -hmm. comes down to it, I think one thing it sounds maybe obvious, but I think is really important is just to be aware of ourselves, Mm. be aware of our situation, what we're going through. Don't turn a blind eye, don't stuff it. And then be aware of God's presence in the, in the midst of that. And then, you know, the next thing I might say is to name those thoughts, feelings, temptations, grief and loss or whatever the situation is and name it in prayer uh, mm. with, with God. Make it a topic of ongoing conversation. So what would that look like when you say name it in prayer? Mm-hmm. Like, God, I'm I'm sad. I'm mad. Um, yes, that's that's as simple as it can be. Mm-hmm. And um, and, you know, one thing I might Add, add to that is just to, to put that together with gratitude. Mm-hmm. So to name the, the feeling of I'm mad about this, that, or the other thing. I don't want to be in this situation, but here I am. I'm trusting that you're with me today and those kinds of things. And then also, God, I am thankful that I'm alive, that I'm breathing today, that I have some heartbeats to invest well today. 
that I can see, that I can move, that I have friends and family, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. There are so many blessings that sometimes we can lose sight of without practicing gratitude that can really help energize us and give us quite a bit of peace. Actually, uh, scripture in Philippians 4 promises the peace of God as we practice those things. Mm. Well, one thing you mentioned there at the very beginning, too, is you said, you know, be aware of your physical self. Yeah. You know, you and I have had pretty cool conversations about that, like how our mental slash emotional state affects us physically Mm -hmm. and to be aware of that like you know the way you're sitting yes like pay attention how are you sitting are you are you slumped over and which would give you a a hint that there's discouragement possibly something like that and so what what's the benefit of even paying attention physically is that just to make ourselves more aware of how we're feeling or it's part of the process but it also we begin to ask become curious and to ask God, what is this about? I keep on, my shoulders keep on, uh, kind of lifting my, (laughs) into my neck. Like there's tension there and, Mm. uh, God, what is that about? Can you help me? And then maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's just stress. Maybe it's, um, there could be a good, healthy choice to give some of those things up and over in prayer, or maybe a healthy choice is to take a walk, get some of that tension out. You know, Uh like there's lots of good, healthy choices that if we're aware of ourselves, um, name those things to the best of our ability with God in prayer, ask a friend for help in the process, and then with a lot of gratitude, we can make good, healthy choices today. We really can. We do not have to fall into some of those same ruts. Even when we do, God's grace is going to be there to pick us up and to help us move forward. But we also have tremendous opportunities to make good, healthy choices for ourselves and others today. Mm, That's so good. Well, I appreciate this, Chaplain Justin. So I'm going to remember, pay attention physically. Yes, awareness. Yes, and then... Talk to God, pray, and and share exactly how I feel. Name it, right. Name it. Invite also community in. Mm -hmm. Invite a friend in. And and then that gratitude piece. Gratitude. And worship. Mm-hmm. I, I would add that for me. Yes, I know for absolutely. sure. Worship Carry music. A song. Yes. Yes. Worship music has a way of of really uplifting my spirits. And then too. make the next good choice. Yeah. Really great advice from Justin and Christy. And making healthy choices might go against what our culture thinks is good for us. For example, being a college student is riddled with pressures to stay up super late, drink a ton of caffeine, and engage in a lot of physically, mentally, and emotionally taxing activities, all under the pressure of succeeding in school and eventually getting a job. There's a lot on the line. Well, Isaac has some good news on how we can all practice some healthier lifestyles and help out those poor college students. As I've gotten older, I've learned the value of relaxation. And by that, I mean the value in doing nothing. And students at Lawrence University in Appleton, Wisconsin, are actually getting a college credit for learning that valuable skill as well. The class is called Doing Nothing. And last fall, it was so successful, they're offering the class every term. The course, they said, has three requirements. Just show up on time, be fully present, and participate to the best of your ability in each class meeting and leave your phone and distractions outside of the classroom. We're going to do nothing. And while it's kind of Seinfeld-esque, I do really like a class about nothing because I think that we have become so distracted and so in need of constant stimulation that 
there's value in silence now, and there's value in contemplation. And, you know, if we take a spiritual angle with it, spiritual rest and spiritual silence, taking some time to pause and listen to God's creation. I think that's valuable for us, especially maybe in the middle of our week when we need to have that realignment. Can you imagine doing nothing? Isaac is exactly right. We live in a culture where it seems impossible to imagine it. And now all I long for is to be still. I feel like I have been running around nonstop for the past six years straight. It is exhausting and also probably not good for us spiritually. It's hopeful to see more places recognize how important this is. And hopefully we can see our culture trend more to having a healthier, balanced life. We can hope. And until then, scientists have something big on their priority list. Earlier on the show, we talked about how they're trying to use machine learning, artificial intelligence, and deep cameras to decipher what's on a scroll from 79 AD. Science blows my mind. But then, at MIT, some scientists are doing something very different at the same time. Using both a machine and hand-twisting techniques... A team at MIT said that they've twisted apart over 1,000 Oreos in the name of science. They're trying to figure out if you can get cream on both sides of the wafer. For what it's worth, they said that Oreos filling stuck to just one wafer about 80% of the time. I think that finding was worth all of their time. I'm just going to say. I kind of want to figure out how a person gets this kind of job, a job where you study Oreos. I would love to taste test the separated Oreos. Do you think they're taking job applications? Here's Anson and Kara from The Drive Home. Kara, you might uh, remember how much I was into March Madness last week. Yeah, you were pretty excited. I was. Uh, Well, I would like to announce that I've come to my senses. (laughs) And I've decided that there are a lot of things in life that matter a lot more than who wins which basketball games, Oh, wow. Okay, that's a big switch. It's true. I mean, let's focus on the things that are really important. Oh. Um, And no, this has nothing to do with uh, the outcome of a particular basketball game (laughs) from last Saturday afternoon. Uh Uh-huh. Nothing to do with that at all. Sure. I've just grown a lot, Kara. Oh, so much. In the last 48 hours. Your wisdom is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I am glad people are starting to come to their senses on the whole basketball madness. It was starting to get me concerned. But on a more serious note, there are a lot of concerns in this world. Kara was able to find some consolation as she reflects on what happened in Nashville. As we continue to process the hard news coming out of Nashville, I find myself kind of searching for perspective a lot of times after these events. Uh, And one of the places that I sometimes go to search for that is a guy named Scotty Smith. He's actually a pastor. And he recently um, wrote a post about this, kind of processing it himself and saying kind of what we were saying yesterday, Anson, like, it's just hard to know what to say. And in all honesty, words are not enough. Mm -hmm. And we're not pretending that they are. Right. But let's be honest, we know that we're all kind of grasping and looking for some hope and direction in this. Mm. How do we process this? And I really found his words helpful today. He says, when lives are lost, especially in such a senseless and rupturing way, the protest of Martha in the Bible, who had just buried her brother Lazarus after a premature death, feels right. Here's what Martha said in John 11:21: Lord, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. 
He says, if a pastor has anything worthwhile to say in such a time as this, it is that God himself invites, even welcomes this kind of protest. In fact, the very prayer book that he inspired for us to use as our own prayers, the Psalms, are saturated with the seven emotions of grief. They're filled with bold and explicit protests against what feels to us like the inaction of God in our times of greatest need. Things like, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. I tell him my trouble. And then he ends with this. Easter is coming, but everything right now feels like Good Friday. But because everything is not okay, we know this is not the end. I love those powerful reminders from Kara that in this broken world, we are going to witness tragedy and experience the full range of deep emotions. My hope is that in these dark and uncertain times, we come together as a community to support and love one another. And remember that this world needs Jesus and we need to share that hope. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.